Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey, this is Pam Perry. And like I said in the intro, she either goes solo or interview her PR colleagues. So today I'm excited to interview my PR colleague, Joanne McCall, who is going to be talking about publicity strategies and how to really get noticed, how to get known, how to get out there. But first, let me read you a little bit about who Joanne is. And I'm so glad that she is she is here. She is a media polisher. So what that is, she is a unique is, is that she's a media insider and a veteran publicist who operates on a first name basis with hundreds of top tier producers, editors and writers at such outlets as USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Investment Business Daily, The View, Today Show, Huffington Post, Yahoo and many others. Her clients include business consultants Brian Tracy and Clint Ken Blanchard, radio host and author Dave Ramsey, New York Times bestselling author. Janine Roth, mm-hmm. Deepak Chopra, uh, Center for Wellbeing, and the founder of NLP, Dr. Richard Bandler, among others. Through webinars, teleseminars, consultants, she trains entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants on how to attract media, which is why we're going to be here today, and work <laughs> with them once they land the interview to finally helps them deliver a fantastic interview. So not only just getting it, but how to prepare for it. As a master practitioner of NLP, she helps those who want to expand their reach by embracing visibility and Your allowing thing. and big success into their life. So <laughs> with that, I want you to go to joannemccall.com to read all of her story too. She has a cute little video that's there for about five minutes. So I wanted to make sure that you go there, joannemccall.com. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And listen, so before we got on today, we were having some technical issues in this <laughs> Zoom stream yard and blue jeans and all of this. So I was telling Joanne, I said, I didn't know whether to use this this out this overlay or to use this overlay or to use uh, this overlay, right? It was like I was like this one. I said, Joanne. I said, there's so many different options of what we can do and what camera to use because mm-hmm. I have I have the Logi uh, Tech camera. I have the one in the Mac, and and she says. Let's make this our first topic about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I would label it things that are going to go wrong and what you should do about it, mm-hmm. because it's going to happen, right? It's mm-hmm. absolutely going to happen. In fact, I'm not in my normal studio. So earlier today, I did a run through to make sure that everything was working just fine, because that's you want to do that. There's tip number one, and you probably know that, but it's worth underscoring that you want to test your equipment. I mean, it's, you don't want your computer to, to decide it has to do its latest update two minutes before you're to go live on something like this, right? So I went to make sure everything was okay. Well, it wasn't okay. I mean, my camera wasn't working, and then my microphone wasn't working, and then I did the reboot, which is like the master fix 
hopefully. And I got the, I got the microphone working, but the camera still wasn't working. It was just all these issues. And, um, but under IT person on hand, right. To just come in and. Oh, heck no. (laughs) No, 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 no. That was the big thing when I left radio and I started doing my own thing. I thought, oh man, I can't just, I just can't, can't call the it department and say, Hey, send someone up here to fix this. I, I get to fix it just like everyone else gets to fix their issues too. So I just thought it was a great place to start because things are going to happen and things are going to go wrong. And what do you do? And and the main thing is learning how to be somewhat relaxed in the midst of chaos. That's really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Uh, so we have uh, Alice Kimbrough, who has been a news uh, producer at Fox uh, 2 News for 30 years or so. And he's joining us and he's the one that is like the fixer if something is on location or if he's doing some kind of news production. And so he's asking, how should clients present themselves for interviews and coverage during a time of COVID? And then he also asks, I'm going to ask this one, Joanne, he says, what are some things clients should never do to get noticed by media? (laughs) Alex has a lot to say. And uh, then then he says, um, what platform are you using for streaming? So we'll answer that one, Mary, because we're using StreamYard right now. We're using StreamYard. And like I was showing Joanne, I said, there's different types of overlays. And I've been fooling with different types of overlays uh, with the brand and and down at the bottom. And there's a, this whole kind of different things and, and, and stuff like that. But basically, I'm not a producer. I mean, I, I'm a media professional but I don't produce shows. So doing the different overlays, like this one right here, I told her was like, yeah, it's a little wacky. It's kind of cutting us off. And then it looks like we're both Pam Perry. So I was like, mm, that's not going to work. <laughs> so we put this over there that way. So Joanne is who Joanne is and I am who I am. And this is the name of the podcast. So I'm using StreamYard as an overlay, but there's so many different types of overlays that you can use. So if you want to answer Alex's question, he said, let's answer the one that he asked first. He asked, what should a person, <laughs> what should they, uh, this is funny. What his <laughs> clients should never do to get noticed by the media? Um, email them 15 times a day, every day for three weeks straight. Used to be voicemail. Used to be back in the day, it used to be voicemail and you'd get these really long messages every single day. That's a that's a great way for someone to never talk to you again. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So that's or a good always, one. Or always just leading with uh how great they are and and yeah. no clue about what they're gonna bring for the audience. Yeah. And that's, in my case, oh go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I work and, with, and that, that always is a bad thing. Yes. Book authors. I work with a lot of business owners who have written books. And one of the first things is you're not pitching the book. And it's very hard for people to understand that. They've spent a lot of time. They put their expertise into writing this thing. And they think that that's the story. But the book is not the story. The book really gives the credibility. And you can draw from it. And that very well may be the story. But it's not the book itself. So I would say that. Don't do that. That's another no-no. The book is not the story. The right. book is just the credibility. It gives you that authority. It's the word author is in authority. So mm. yeah, yeah. So you want to, that's really the main things. The other thing I find in order to try to get noticed by the media, and this is just because of the social media world. Now we we started before Twitter. We started at a time of when there were just typewriters, right? So uh, people were <laughs> So the before Twitter. So what now they do now, Joanne, is that they'll just at people on Twitter 
their their story, like in a link. And and then in their stream, you'll see they at Oprah, they at CNN, they at USA Today, they at Jen- yeah. and it's like really. You think you think they're gonna like the producer Good Morning America says, you know what? I think I'll pick that one up. They add they added about yeah thirty everybody. <laughs> right. Right. I mean they wanna they wanna feel that you're coming to them for a reason and you're customizing whatever your story is specifically for them. Uh, and and you know, I had a, a very good friend, she's uh, been a writer for USA Today for years. And that is she, I remember her telling me, she said, if, if they ask, if they pitch me on Twitter, forget it. Because th- first of all, they've let the cat out of the bag on what the story could be. Mm-hmm. And I don't want everyone knowing what we're mm-hmm. going to work on. So, I mean, I think it also leads to uh, the difference in producers and in journalists that they have different ways. There are some who do want to be pitched via social media or via signal or via whatever. So you want to pay attention to the what they want and then give them the information the way they want to receive it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you know relationships are like that too. Every relationship is like that. Mm-hmm. So, but that's another big no-no is not to pay attention uh, to just pitch your stuff because I don't know throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. That doesn't work very well. It really doesn't. One of the things too, I tell um, clients that I coach. So, if they're a writer, I tell them to get the writer's market guide. A writer's digest market guide and in that they they're pitching um themselves to be a, a an author for a particular article mm-hmm. but also the publisher or the editor also tells them how they like to be pitched mm-hmm. they'll say send the email send it this way send it don't send it on these days whatever whatever and it's really and I always tell people who want to get publicity to read the same thing, because the same thing is if you're pitching to write an article to get paid, that same producer or that same editor or, or reporter. Also, you can find just the style of what they're looking for in that book. It's about this thick. It's probably online, too, but it's about this thick. And it tells them exactly what it is they're looking for, what type of articles. And it's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Um, Muckrack is a good one. I like Muckrack. Um, because it tells them what the what the particular journalist is looking for, muckrack.com. Mm-hmm. But you have to, that's one of the things you said, you have to pay attention to what it is that they are looking for. Right. And so uh, Alex asks, he says, how should clients present themselves? I love Alex. <laughs> interviews. This is great. How should clients present themselves for interviews and coverage during a time of COVID? Now that's interesting. So during a time of COVID, how should they... Uh, present themselves for interview and coverage. So I think he's kind of leading us a little bit because we're talking about the visuals of. Yes. Yes. Well, I've, I've got clients I'm pitching all the time and, uh, and this past year they've been doing lots of television and it's mostly over Skype or it's over some platform that they prefer using. And so it's, it's all the, in fact, you interviewed the TV lady. I thought she had some great tips in there. Yolanda something. What was her last name? I don't remember. Uh, Yolanda. What is Yolanda's? uh, Just, just looked at her thing yesterday. The TV lady, if you look it up. So Mm -hmm. but she had some great tips about that and, uh, and, and have the lighting right. Um, uh, and to check the sound and to, if you need media training, get some media training. There's, I think that's, I think everyone should get some of that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. How to, how to speak in a small box and you don't want to be waving your hands out over here and you don't want dogs running in the background and barking. And if your neighbor decides to mow the lawn, 
you know, at 10.02 when you're supposed to do your live bit, I mean, you might want to talk to the neighbor ahead of time. You want to anticipate what could be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and big on... And one of the things too, Joanne, is, is when, when we're doing media training with people, we'll ask a question. And then depending on how long the segment in a podcast, obviously you may have a half an hour or an hour. So you can go long with your story. But if your segment is only less than five minutes, maybe 10, you can't go on with the long story. So we nope. have to have brevity of like how to succinctly say that in a minute or two so that you can have a conversation versus a monologue one way. Yes. And, uh, yes. And, uh, I've had I, a... I've had some clients that will go on and they answered one question and the segment was over. Yeah, I I believe that. I totally believe that. I mean, a big how you judge your answers, again, to repeat what you said, is the length of the interview. If you have an hour-long interview, you could tell all the stories in the world that you want to tell. If you have a five-minute, four-minute segment, then you need to determine what are the top three things that I'm going to get across no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then rank them in order. What is the number one, number two, and number three? And then that is burned into your brain. And however you do the interview, you want to get those three messages across. It's really Mm -hmm. important to do that. A lot of people don't do that ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So I love that. That is one of the main things that I find that when people are doing their interviews, they're going along too too long. So let me look and just really quick, just to make sure I'm not... um, it says it looks great, simple, and nice. Talking about StreamYard, I love StreamYard. Um, looking at, you know, how should they prepare in times of COVID? So, like you said, either they're using Skype, they're using StreamYard, they're using Zoom, they're using what, whatever, whatever you're using. The TV lady, like you said, Valanda talked about having a background that is uh, on di- un- not distracting, mm-hmm. something that that coincides with your brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like. For instance, if you're an attorney, uh, you don't want to be in your child's bedroom, right? You know, in the background of right. it is kids' toys, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. It's like, what is this about? Because it could be distracting. Or when you have books on the bookcase, sometimes the books should be, not everybody's going to be like totally 100% like pristine, neat, but make sure that they are in order, that they're not just slapped in there and thrown up in the background because people were, are looking past you and looking at your books at the bookshelf like, hmm, what is Well, they're going to be reading the titles too. So watch what you have there. Yes, that's true. That is very true. I mean, watch, watch, you know, and it should fit basically the interview you're doing. And uh, during times of COVID, it's it's all the things you mentioned about the background, et cetera. But when you're actually pitching the idea, I would make sure you include links to other uh, shows that you've done or other video that you've done, so that people can see you. I mean, nobody has to nobody has to guess anymore and take a chance on a guest. They can right. find out ahead of time how are they going to come across? Are they going to come across as authoritative or as fun or as you know whatever they're looking for? And if you don't have, if you haven't done any shows yet, you could do a mock interview with someone, have someone interview you. They can be standing off camera. You can even edit out the questions if you want to. And then it's just you talking about whatever it is that your message is. I love so, that idea. That is yeah. really a good idea. That is one of the, that is, uh, I have a, uh, another client that does a uh, mock interviews. She she loves interviewing, but she does mock interviews, I guess you would say. And then they have that package so they can share out to the media to say, this is how I will look and sound. Mm-hmm. And they rehearse it. 
they have the questions and the and the person knows how to answer the questions. So that is a, a, a really, really good idea. The other thing that I want to say in terms of COVID, especially when it first hit last year, is be empathetic. Empathetic to what's going on in the news and the time. Um, I remember when COVID first hit last year in Detroit and people were still on social media and they were still kind of like doing their pitches and selling stuff. But, you know, at a period of time, people were dying all the time. I mean, it was just consistently, it was just such a shock, just like bam, bam, bam. And then people were like, oh, I got this on sale. Oh, I got this. Come buy this. And it was like, okay, so if you picture the media, what you're putting out on social media, I'm pretty sure you're going to get shut down because you're not aware of what's going on in the world. So be empathetic. I'm not saying you have to shut down against, but just be empathetic or even how your story coincides that can help the current situation of COVID. What What is it that there's some kind of tie-in that can help? And so that's what I'm thinking that Alex is probably asking, how should they present themselves for interviews and coverage during a time of COVID? So Yeah, when well, you look clueless, you look clueless if you're pitching something, if there's a huge story going on and most of the country or a lot of people are fixated on that story. And of course, media is trying to get the story and get it right. And if someone comes in pitching, you know, I don't know, um, um, you know, the start of spring, spring cleaning, I don't know, whatever it might be, totally unrelated, then you look clueless. And yeah. it just it just upsets people. And then not only that, there are um, uh, Twitter feeds and various places where, you know, some of these journalists are posting, you know, the ridiculous pitches that they're getting. So, I mean, you can get exposure that way and it's not really the kind of exposure you want. No, you don't so, want to be that, that person that's like, you know, look at this, look at this clown here that just pitched me something and it has so little to do with what's really going on in the world. So that's right. really good. So what are some of your favorite tools that you use, Joanne, that um, when you're pitching media, I know we talked a little bit earlier about Cision, mm -hmm. um, like Muckrack. Uh, I love LinkedIn. Obviously, that's why we're here. We're live on LinkedIn. I love mm -hmm. LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like my favorite spot. I really do because I will answer messages on LinkedIn, <clears throat> I probably won't answer them on Facebook and Messenger as quickly, even though they just I just saw they did another upgrade on what they're doing on Facebook Messenger. I'm like, oh, my God, really? Um, in IG, not so much. I'm kind of bad on Instagram uh, Messenger. You know, the sliding in the DM, it's like, mm, no, not too much. But LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn always. So what are some of your favorite uh, PR tools when you're pitching a client that you are your go to? Yeah, I mean, I love Cision, so I I pay the subscription service for that. It's quite expensive, uh, so I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone unless it's something you're going to be using a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but it it's 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 quite thorough. But even even if you have the contacts that you want and you have their contact info, you still have to make sure that you're approaching them in the best way. So one of my tools is very old fashioned. This is old, old fashioned and it's fundamental. And there's a reason fundamentals are fundamental because they're important and they will always be important. And one is to simply do the research and see okay. if, the, if you find out who writes about what it is that you have to offer, who writes about it, and then go see what they're doing. Go read everything, maybe not everything, but I'll tell you, if there's someone I really want, I'll read everything they've written. Absolutely. Yeah. 
In yeah, fact, so I remember one time I wanted, a, I had a client who wanted to be in the Wall Street Journal in the worst way. I mean, he used to call me every day. I really want to be in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I know. And so I pitched one of the uh, columnists there and she said, oh, you know, we just covered, you know, a similar topic. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly but i guess close enough and i can appreciate that so i said okay so we waited six months and before i went back to her i went and read every story she had done in the last six months and not only did i read i'm going to sound like a crazy person here but not only did i read every single story but i made note of the experts that they had on how many per story you mm -hmm. know what did they talk to them about how did yeah. they present themselves i mean i read it all and then here's the funny thing though i don't know what to say about this it was the most bizarre coincidence ever and the next morning, my plan was to pitch her again. So I go downstairs to my office. I start the email and the phone rings. And I kid you not, it's her calling me. She what? says, are you still working with so-and-so? You know, I'm ready to cover that story again. And I said, I, was just going to, I was just going to call you. Yeah. That yeah, is I know. I don't know. So it that's was, one of the things too, that, that you said something that a lot of people didn't really catch. So you said about six months later. So for those people who hire a publicist and they think it'll happen in 30 days mm. or it'll happen in 90 days or in four months, five months. So thank goodness you were still working with that client after the six months of the pitch, right? Right. So people need to work with the public long term in, in order to get the results that they want because they're not going to happen immediately. It could, it could be a no in you know, February, and then it could be a yes in July. The one, yeah. yeah, people ask me for guarantees. And, you know, the one guarantee I can give is we can come up with great ideas and we can get them in front of the right people. I can't control if they say yes or no, or when they say yes or no. Yes. Can't control that. But we can get the right, you know, and that's, that's true for all of us. That's just how it is. So. Unless, you, unless you own the media or now is a lot of, a lot of times where it's pay to play. So a lot of times uh, I think there was a few magazines um, depending on their business model. So say for instance, if it's entrepreneur or Forbes, they may have their advertising sell um, advertising departments, sell advertorials. And mm -hmm. so it will look like editorial or you'll, you'll be in Forbes and it look like editorial, but really it's from the advertising department and not the editorial department. So those are the guarantees that you can guarantee if you pay the money, you'll be in there. But there's, far, yeah. there's no editorial guarantee. Right. And there's also, I mean, some of these publications have, they have another stream of uh, revenue. And so they'll create like teams of experts and then they guarantee them, you know, we'll, you can write so many stories for the next year. Because usually mm -hmm. I think it's a year-long commitment. But mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's several thousand dollars a month uh, investment. And then you're part of that. And that's fine. And then you're in the publication. And if that's the route you want to go, you can absolutely go. I mean, it's it's available to you. For someone like me, I know you've paid for it. But not that, you know, you. Yeah. but I know. I know when it's paid. When, when it's an advertorial. And that's just this different business models. But yes. typically, journalists have gone to journalism school, they have ethics and they have ethics because they vet things and they have a decision to whether yes or no it at the time. Now they are busy people. I mean, sometimes you can pitch them once or twice and they didn't see it and you can go back. But for the most part, they're not going to run something based on the fact that what they're going to get out of it, like monetarily. 
So that's why we say that we can't guarantee anything. The only thing we can guarantee is an ad, but you Mm -hmm. can't guarantee a story. And that's what I really want people. And so how long does it take? It may take, you know, if you're working with a client, it may be we have a six month retainer, we have a year retainer. And during that time, you're working on it. Now, are we pitching like 24 hours to the same people? No, we're, we're, we're doing the research, like what you said. You know, you're researching it, you're deciding when it is that you're going to re-ask again or how you're going to ask. That's really important. So do you remember the days when we used to do um, practicing? Remember when that was like the thing? So before, we always had to go to the whole the whole uh, putting together the press kit, mm-hmm. putting them in the mail and send mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And then- then faxes became the thing and then email the thing and now the social media. So going back, if we were going back in our careers, because you've been doing this a few decades. A little while. Yes. Yeah, yes. Is it easier, harder, or what's what's the comparative differences that you see between then and now? What a great question, Pam. That really is a good question. There's, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, right now it's really... Uh, it, it can be so fast overall. It can be so fast. You can get material to people. I mean, one thing you didn't mention is VHS tapes. And we used to have to oh overnight, overnight VHS tapes of our clients to be on national TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I remember the day when overnight wasn't quick enough. You know, that, that day came. And so then, you know, links and emailing and all that was uh, took over. Um, Not fast enough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, so there's so much out there now. I I find a lot of people kind of get hung up on the top 10 outlets that they've heard of and they get, that's the only place they want to be. And there's just so much opportunity now. Um, And this was true before also. I mean, you could get a story in the New York Times with millions of people who will read it. Or you might get a story in a much smaller publication, but it's all people who would be interested in what you have. So which one is, which one is going to be better for you? Yes. Some of those kinds of stories and placements are more ego gratifying. I mean, it's, you know, it's fun to say, hey, I was in the New York Times or I was in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, it's, it's great. We love it. Uh, But but sometimes. Did your real customer really see it? That's it. That's it. And so sometimes you have to help people to understand there are so many opportunities out there now. I know you haven't heard of this, this particular outlet, excuse me, but they're big. They have a lot of, they have people, they have your market. They have Mm -hmm. your market. We need you there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes there's um, explaining that to people and helping them to understand. Um, And of course, if book sales increase and their bottom line increases through what's been done, then that's very convincing. Mm-hmm. That's that it. And and a lot of um, therapists in terms of a category of um, people right now that are really um, can't get a lot of media attention are people that are therapists, people who are counselors, people who help anyone with this going through depression or because of COVID-19, they can um, really just shine as an expert. So I find that when you see someone who has that potential, like, okay, I want to be on CNN, but then there's so many other publications and so many other radio stations, so many podcasts, because you're talking about this. I mean, you're a therapist. So if you go on CNN, how many people, how many customers and clients, because you really help, okay, you go on there and it's like overkill. And so a million people call you, you can't really service all a million. So go into like a, a area where, okay, 
I don't know, say somebody's podcast where it's just for, you know, therapy. Okay. And people who need help listen to that podcast. And so you get every person who responds to your interview from that podcast becomes your customer. Right. And it's a great thing. So now you're in business. You're, you're good. But if you would have went on CNN, maybe your customer wouldn't have been there. Maybe you wouldn't have got any reaction. So, yeah. So I would add another reason. And that is I used to have back when Oprah was on network television, I, I could time when first speaking with someone, I could time how long it would take before they would ask about being on Oprah because it was just the place to be. And she moved books. There was no doubt about it. So, right. uh, but, uh, you know, uh, my comment to that is, you know, before we try and get you on the most powerful, biggest show in the universe, let's try your local, you know, your local radio station or your local TV station. Let's start there just for the experience. I'd rather have you kind of get your legs under you and practice yeah. your messaging and being really strong and powerful in a smaller venue. And then we can go after the bigger stuff. I love that. That's Don't you think that makes more sense? That's, that's where... I tell you, I said, if you make a mistake on major network news, everybody sees it. It's going to be hard for you to go anywhere else because it's like, oh, this person is just not ready. Yep. First, it's like you could be a little, it'll be a little bit more forgiving in a smaller market, in a smaller publication, and you can make those mistakes and it's forgivable and you can move on from that to larger ones because you practice and you learn. So I say that all the time. But just like my program, Ready, Set, Go, Speak, uh, one of the things that people think that they're more ready than they really are. And so you have to yeah. test them. And so you test them and says, okay, we're going to get you all set. You're going to be on this show today. And uh, it's going to be at four o'clock and they think they're ready. And then after, it's a small place in, in uh, Africa. I said, well, how'd it go? You know, I didn't even da 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 this and that. Oh, okay. But you were ready for CNN the day before. And you can't even get the local cable station together. <laughs> I know that's being mean, but sometimes some people are experiential. They have to learn through experience. It's like, I told you. So it's the best teacher. Yeah. <laughs> it really is the it's the best teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I really do. Yeah. But that's it, good. It, that one of the things that um See one more question over here. Alex says, uh, "What they should they do?" I uh, just want to shout out to Mary, to Jesse, uh, over here, over here, Hi, and then our and our LinkedIn live, and we're also on uh, Periscope as well. Even though Joanne, a lot of these different things that people have, they were hot for a minute, and then they're not hot. Are you on Clubhouse? Oh, I am. I am. Yeah. But that's you know, like, I know that's the latest yeah. thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of those things. I'm on Clubhouse and yeah. I moderate a room for a club uh, every Thursday. And, okay. uh, you know, it's for the first couple of times, it was really good because it was new. But I saw the last few times people weren't logging on as much because there's more and more people. But this past weekend, I was just kind of like cooking dinner and listening to Clubhouse. And this one club had gone on for like they said 48 hours. I'm like, who does that? But wow. that's the thing now where it's continual. They'll always have moderators coming in. So the continual club will be there for like so many days or whatever, or a month, or they'll just continue because, you know, we have different time zones. So people can come in and do that, but it's a, it's a bit much, it's a bit much, but I always say, you know, making sure that you know how to write a press release is really going to be paramount. Knowing how to pitch the media is always never going to go out of style. Right. 
knowing how to build relationships will never go out of style. Right. And I don't think you could try a newfangled this, a newfangled that, a newfangled this. But if you don't know how to build a relationship, what good is it? So. I, I read a, a, a Lois Frankel is a business expert, and she said once, she said the time to build a relationship is before you need it. Mm-hmm. This was years ago, years ago, and I thought that is so true. So if you want to be going out to media or anybody, um, start the connection early. And if you can go out and actually care about them and maybe see what they're doing and maybe help them in some way all the better. It really is about forming relationships. Mm-hmm. But if you go out to someone that is cold or someone you met at a conference five years ago and you want to send them your entire book and ask them if they'll give you, uh, you know, um, the CEO of your company, ask the CEO of their company to, to give an endorsement for you. I mean, that's a big ask. Yeah. And yeah. that's a big ask. And it's kind of outside the scope of where the relationship is. So you want to start firing those things up and building those things. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I always tell people social media is really that it's for social networking. So you can start there by building relationships in social media. But the key word is being social. So I always <laughs> tell people, I said, the very least, the, the top 10, like you said, the top 10 media that, that they want to be on, follow them on social media, not mm-hmm. just the organization, but the actual people within it, see what they're talking about, retweet it, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do. But just like any kind of social relationship, it starts out one way and then it can grow into something, especially if you find you have things in common or things where you can do to assist them, then that's when it it really is. And so media relations, public relations, you're just really relating. You have to know how to build relationships. And then part of it is just really knowing how to, uh, I call it like double dutch, know when to jump in and know when to jump out so that you can have that good rhythm with that. And it's, it's part of really just, that's why some people do hire publicists though. You know, think about it, Joanne, because some people don't want to be bothered with that. It's like, ah, this is too much. That's true. They, uh, and that's true. Yes. And it's that relationship because they don't want to they don't want to deal with that. But and, and then you want to make sure you hire someone who has the contacts within the area that you want to be. That's because, true. you know, hiring someone who works in, I don't know, health, health and wellness, and you have a business book, um, that might not be the best match mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. they work both, unless they work both. I had um, someone so, who asked me the other day, they were a dentist and uh, wanted to know if we could work together. I said, I don't have any contacts in that at all. I really don't. I work with authors and speakers and um, he says, well, I want to speak. I said, um, are you speaking in the industry? Yeah, I said, but that's probably not what I have the contacts for. I said, but if you do need a book, and he did say he he wanted to write a book. So I did introduce him to someone. And I said, now, once you have the book, if it's a motivational, inspirational, personal development book, I can help you there. But as far as dental, like the whole dentistry industry, I don't have any contacts in that. I don't even know if they have a dentistry magazine. I mean, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm they sure must. they do, but I don't know that. I don't know those yeah. people. No, I don't you know, so that's why it's good to know the target market of the publicists that you're going to uh, work with. What mm-hmm. what have they? What are, what are their contacts in? And that's really one of the things that um, people can find by looking at their testimonials. Like, what kind of clients are they using? Yes, we're going to wrap up in the next few. So, what kind of um, clients do you work with? And and uh, if someone were to come to Joanne and say, okay, Joanne, I'd like to work with you. What type of clients are you working with? Oh, I appreciate your asking. Uh, I work with a lot of leaders, CEOs, 
uh, people who have their own company, um, who are in business, leadership, that sort of thing. But I also really love the health and wellness arena. So I work both of those, both of those areas. And uh, mostly it's, it keeps me interested because these are areas that I love and am interested in. Um, so it, it keeps rather than just staying only in one area, I find, I find it good to have a couple and which I think is better than being an expert in everything. I think that would be hard to do because I want to keep going back to the same people to strengthen those relationships all the time. So, yeah. To work with. At, At one point early in my career, I worked with a client that did a lot of food. So that was always fun. I did like food. So yeah. we worked on different uh, events with McDonald's. We did Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, at a certain point in time, you had to test these things. It was I was heavier back then, too. So I, that's maybe I had to get you, had to te- you had to test everything? <laughs> I had to test everything. If they had a new donut, if they had a new sandwich, it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, because if you can't promote it, if you don't really believe in it. So those are the type of things. Uh, I did not like automotive. Being from Detroit, you know, we have the, the automotive here. So I did not like automotive as much, um, even though some people do love that. Um, I always found personal development and speakers and authors are that yeah, in, African-American, yeah. in the African-American market, too. So working with... You know, I've seen so many of our black media just have gone away, like, um, they're not gone away, but they're just thinner now. Or they've gone through transitions. Yeah. I used to love the Jet magazine. That's mm-hmm. that's online now. It was like, what? You know, I, it was like a real tale, tale thing when Jet magazine said they were going to stop publishing. I was so like, how can you not publish Jet? But yeah. the whole thing, if you don't change the business model with the times, I can see how it would go away. Even like Black Enterprise, now they're they're more or less online now. And that's just really where, where it is. But a lot of different black media have, have to, even black newspapers, they have to uh, change with the times. And um, it's real interesting to see who stays and is going to survive and those that kind of go to the wayside because they haven't changed with the times. They've got, they've got to do it. Which we all do, right? We all do. We, all, we all have to keep an eye on what's going on. Every. Um, even even uh, publicists, we have to know Absolutely. how to use uh, uh, PR Newswire. Those Absolutely. type of things. Those those are the, you know we we still have to write press releases, but we know how to do SEO press releases or those type of things. So that's that's one of the main things that uh, that will keep me always interested because it's changing all the time. I'm glad it changed from typewriters to fax to just basic email to now it's a whole nother way of doing things like what we're doing right now. Is yes. Our own little podcast show. So yes, the yes. way I kind of like service people. So they understand our industry more to know like, well, you, you had someone in USA today. Can't you just call them and get me in? You know? That yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. That's, that's tough. That's a, part of it's educational. No doubt about it. Um, and yes, something yes. that helps me with what we do is you're familiar with the I- infinity loop, which is kind of an eight that's on its side and it rotates back and forth like this. And mm-hmm. in one of the loops, I put expert. It's for me. It's for you. It's for anybody watching. You're an expert here. And then it loops back over to beginner because it's always going to change and grow and be different. And I, that's how I see it. It just loops back and forth all the time. You don't have to pretend you're the expert all the time. Uh, because right. we all are on a learning curve, but you yeah. are an expert a lot of the time. So yeah. that helps me well, to look at it that way. Yeah. And and I'm not afraid to really try new things. I was doing something on Instagram. Well, I did TikToks. So 
Uh, uh-huh. My daughter was like, mom, no, you can't be on TikTok. I said, I want to try the TikTok. I want to do this. <laughs> so I've done a few of the TikToks. It's like, I'm not a dancer, but I want to get up in there, you know? So they'll we'll hire your daughter to do it for you. She's not, she's, she she's did not one with me. She did okay. one with me and she says, oh my goodness, this is way too much. But it was, <laughs> you have to try it at least yeah. once. So that's why we're on Clubhouse and that sort of thing. So, but finding where your audience is and then we have to know certain things because we want to recommend them to clients. If they say, if your client says, well, should I be on TikTok? And you've never been on TikTok. It's like, well, this is how people really use it. And it's best for if you have a dance studio, say for instance, that's good for TikTok. But if you're just like a dentist, maybe not so much. So, you know, you have- <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. What a great idea. It's a great idea. I love that. I'm going to tell my dentist that one. You should be on TikTok. You'd be drilling. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That would be like, ah. So but with it, that- it, oh, go ahead. I know you need to close out, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, with that, I just want to say Joanne, joannemccall.com. If you want to uh, find out more information about Joanne, uh, watch the video that she has there. And if you are a CEO or a, a thought leader or a, you know, a leader that wants some, some uh, PR from the standpoint, have a conversation with Joanne. And, uh, and you have a new book coming out. I meant to mention that. And when is that coming out? What's uh, the name? Very soon. It's called Media Darling, Shine yeah. Through Every Interview. I love it. I love yeah. it. So I'm putting the final touches on it. Okay. So you'll let me know when that's out so I can add this to the show notes in this podcast. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. That is, that is our show. And I just want to thank you so much. If there's anything else you want to add. Pam, what a delight. I so appreciate being here with you today. And it's so fun to talk to someone else within this industry because, you know, I mean, we could go on and on and on. And I know that. And hopefully your viewers have gotten something out of this. And please, you know, contact me if you have any questions. I'm happy to help in any way I can. So thank you. Thank you. And this show has been brought to you by Speakers Magazine which is the magazine for speakers. So you can go to speakersmagazine.net. I just put that logo up there. Look at that. Look at the producer side. And so with that, we're going (laughs) to go out with the outro. And I will thank you all so much for joining. Make sure you share, subscribe, and uh, rate this podcast. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.